I'm Fraukagalia, and this is An Aromatic Life. This is a special episode, everyone. I think this one is really going to move you. Not only are we going to take a trip to Grasse, France, the perfume capital of the world, a place where at every turn the scent of aromatic plants like citrus, rose, jasmine, rosemary, lavender. Who can forget the lavender, right? All of it wafts in the air. Like me, you're going to want to go immediately. But in this episode, we're going to talk about a not-so-joyous, a more difficult side of grass as well, a side that's easily ignored and pushed to the side, that of poverty and hardship, which is found there as well. I know my guest today, Nicole Derieux, is going to inspire you as much as she's inspired me. She and her husband, Vincent, have decided to harness the beauty of grass to help those in need, especially the children. Boy, are you going to love what they've done. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Nicole, and what she's doing. Nicole co-founded the nonprofit Parfum de Vie, which translates to Fragrance of Life, in Grasse, France with her husband, Vincent, in 2008, particularly focused on educational work and leadership development through homework clubs, youth groups, kids clubs, and camps. Parfum de Vie is addressing the poverty, injustice, and exclusion faced by many immigrant and refugee children, and providing opportunities for both local French and the immigrant community to move towards dialogue, understanding, and compassion for one another. In 2007, with the help of investors, Nicole and her husband purchased a 19th century perfumer's mansion, which they renovated and developed into a beautiful vacation rental business to help support the work of their nonprofit. As the organization grew in size, now with a large education center open seven days a week and a team of professional staff, they required additional funding. Inspired by their beautiful Mediterranean garden, the surrounding flower fields, and the thriving perfume industry in Grasse, Nicole and Vincent decided to explore perfume making as a means to unite local artisans and savvy consumers with a great cause of providing help and hope to children in need. Nicole and Vincent established Villa de Parfum as an independent luxury fragrance brand that would give back all of its profits to help Parfum de Vie's transformational work in the community. What's great is that not only is this fragrance brand providing a stream of revenue for the nonprofit Parfums de Vie, it's also giving the Parfums de Vie children and youth exposure to entrepreneurship and the fragrance industry, from experience the, experiencing the rose centifolia harvest and learning about raw materials, photography and marketing strategy, to meeting with perfumers, designers, serigraphers, retailers, and customers. The Parfums de Vie kids have seen the dream of creating a fragrance brand become a reality. It's amazing. So the fragrance brand Villa de Parfums includes two fragrances, both of which are currently sold online in several stores in France and the U.S. We'll talk about that in this interview. Nicole and her husband have three children and provide long-term foster care to several teens from refugee backgrounds. Like I said, you're going to be inspired by this conversation. So let's get started. Enjoy my conversation with Nicole Derieux. Nicole, I want to welcome you to An Aromatic Life. I just want to start by saying you're an inspiration. What you're doing in your life is noteworthy, it's moving, 
It's uplifting. It's truly inspirational. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, so welcome to an aromatic life. I'm so happy to talk to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I learned about you through my friend, Christophe Laramiel, and I had contacted you and I wanted to have you on because I think, no, I know my listeners are going to be as inspired by your life's work as I am. So let's get talking so that they can learn about the work that you're doing. She's nodding her head, just so you know, everybody. Let's get started. So I want to start with a blog post you recently wrote. I think you wrote it in May called Life Lessons from the Roses. And I just want to Take a little excerpt from that, if you don't mind. I want to read it. Um, you wrote something about the beautiful rose centifolia flower that grows in grass. So here's what you wrote. The scent of the grass rose is so distinct and beautiful that the climatic conditions here provide the perfect amount of hardship and suffering to the plant, never harsh enough to destroy it, but so challenging and stressful that the plant is pushed to the extreme. Interestingly, it's this hardship and fight for survival that's required to produce the most fragrant, beautiful, scent-filled roses. To me, that's so beautiful, and it, it told me so much about that flower, so thank you. Can you tell me more about that? Tell me what you've observed about this particular rose and what it represents to you in terms of living life? Yes. Um, well, you know, here, <laughs> here in grass, um, the, the grass rose or the rose centifolia is, is kind of what put grass on the map and made it famous. Um, and we have friends um, who are rose farmers who live nearby. And so over the last few years, it's been really amazing to spend time with them and learn from them, listen to them um, and understand more about what goes into um, growing these amazing roses for perfumery and and it's a beautiful experience to be able to go into the fields and you know and to touch the roses and oh. to harvest the roses i mean it's really amazing and it's amazing um because it's such a um you know so it touches you in so many ways you know there's the scent um, but also the experience, you know, because you're, you know, how the petals feel in your hands and, yes. um, you know, and what the earth feels like and what the earth smells like. And so depending on the weather, yes. um, it, it's different. Okay. You know, and the, the roses smell completely different. So, you know, in the in, in the mornings um, when it's cool, this this year, May was a cooler month, cooler than normal. Okay. And in the morning, so, and it was windy quite a lot. And um, so there's just this real freshness, which you really smelled in the roses. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, and it really changes the scent. You know, they, to me, they smelled more green. Um, and, you know... It just brought different feelings and then on days when it was really hot because some days it'll be really hot um you know they smell more more uh, spicy and peppery and completely different um so you know that's really an amazing experience um but also you know when you're in the process of it's kind of a quiet gentle process because you go through the field and each flower you you know you pick by hand one by one and so you know you kind of have a you know it's sort of 
meditational really because you know you just you have an opportunity to think really while you're doing yeah. that and experiencing that and I love that experience and it's true that I find you know what I wrote about on my blog about how you know it's this hardship um, you know, the fight for survival that makes the most, um, even the most deepest pink color yeah. and the most fragrant roses, it's coming from this hardship. And I find that idea to be so full of hope um, because, you know, life is full of hardship. Um, uh, and, you know, no matter who we are, life is, you know, we, we experience difficulty and hardship at times and, you know, suffering in different ways. Yet we want to avoid it. We don't want it. You know, we no. don't want our kids to suffer and we don't want to suffer. And when bad things happen or hard things happen, we don't want them. Right. But, you know, but I really like this idea of saying, well, actually, you know, when hard suffering, hard stuff's happening, actually it's producing something beautiful. It's producing some, it's producing life, it's yeah. doing some work, you know? And so if we... It, you know, I think if we think about hardship like that, it changes how we experience it, how, what we see in the midst of hard times. And um, so I, I really find that I'm so hopeful. <laughs> I mean, when you wrote that, it, it immediately, yeah, exactly what you said. It just touched me exactly that way. And it's also to say that even within a period of hardship that we might find, find the beauty as well see yeah. the beauty, experience yeah. the beauty, smell the beauty, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and know that you yourself are still beautiful and, and can get through the hardship. So that That's was just right. such a great metaphor for the rose. So oh. thank you for that. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> um, so let's start at the beginning. I always like to do that with my guests um, to kind of get, let the listeners know a little bit more about you. So could you take me through a little bit of your life where you were born, where you grew up, you have a little Scottish accent I detect. <laughs> so I imagine that's where you were born. But, um, and how did you end up in Grass? Tell me a little bit about your life journey. Well, so yes, I'm from Scotland. Um, so I grew up my whole life in Scotland. Um, you know, my whole my family are, are there. And uh, I grew up on the west coast of Scotland. So I grew up near the seaside. So in quite a rural environment and very, very close to the sea. So, you know, we could see the sea from our elementary school. Um, oh, wow. So that was really part of my world. Um, and uh, so obviously a completely different world from where I am here in the kind of French Riviera, Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, you know, I ended up here because I, I married a Frenchman and oh. I ended up married to a Frenchman because I studied French. And, oh, nice. um, so that was really, that was kind of as simple as that really. <laughs> So he he is from this region and um, he did come and live in Scotland and uh, he actually he was like, OK, I'm going to come for one year. Uh, but he <laughs> he survived the Scottish weather for eight years. Wow. Good and, for him. Yes. Yes. And but, you know, he being from the south of France, where the climate is so amazing, you know, he never, although he really enjoyed his time in Scotland, he never, ever got used to the climate. And um, I, I could never understand why that was so difficult for him, the lack of light and the just mm. the, the, the cold climate. 
but I, it was after moving here. So we moved here in, in 2007. Okay. And after moving here, honestly, the first winter, I was like, oh my gosh, now I understand. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that you survived eight years because it's, it's so different. It's, uh, I can't even really describe the difference. Well, um, see what people do for love. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. And um, describe, can you, I mean, I don't know if you can describe it, but does that coastline of Scotland have a scent? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. Well, so there's the kind of sort of, it's kind of like a gray scent okay. um, to me. So it's not like, you know, the first time Vincent took me to the Mediterranean, I felt disappointed because it wasn't <laughs> all the, what I was thinking of in terms of the sea um so it's more um kind of a, a damper um you know there's obviously the salt and the seaweed there's always lots of seaweed on the beaches in Scotland okay. um which sometimes doesn't smell good um and sometimes it does are there seagulls as well are there a lot of seagulls, seagulls a yeah. lot of seagulls yeah um and the beaches are wild okay. and beautiful um so yeah but i i like that scent but i yeah i don't know what words i could put to it but to me it's like a gray dark scent you know or a little is it a little earthy maybe yeah earthy and yeah yeah and fresh still i mean that's how i imagine i've been to scotland but only to edinburgh I haven't been to the coast okay so uh, one day i'd hope to go there I'll try to send you my description of the smell when I get there. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would love to read it. <laughs> um, so tell me when along your life, you're now living in Grass and, you know, you grew up in, in Scotland, but when do you feel like you first fell in love with scents and with nature's aromatic essences? Can you remember kind of when you started to fall in love with that? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, when I was a child, when I was about eight, um, my mom started working for the French company Yves Rocher. Yes. You know I that know company? Well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's all based on plant and natural kind of botanicals, all their, you know, their creams and cleansers and fragrances. Yes. Thing. And so, you know, when I was a kid, my mom, she was working there. They had just opened their first store in the town near where we lived. And so she was a part of that. Okay. And she worked there for many years. And so she always used to bring home samples of everything, you know, to try creams yeah. and lotions and potions. And so I, that was just a part of my world when I was a kid. And I was always really um, interested in all of that because my mom would explain to me, you know, this is what, you know, this seaweed is in this cream and it does this, or this, you know, this flower is in this, and it does that. Um, so that, you know, that was kind of just in my world really. And then it wasn't until I, when I was studying French and um, I came to the south of France for, and I lived for a year in, uh, in Provence. And that was how I met my husband. And, okay. um, but you know, I, I so I ended up in the south of France and it's just this different climate. And I was just so amazed because I had never smelled any of these things before. You wow. know, the, the sure. olives and the lavender and oh. you know, just the climate so different and the plants 
and the earth, everything is so different. And I had never experienced that before. I mean, I might have, you know, smelt some of it out of a bottle or, you know, seen pictures of it, but actually experiencing it. Um, and I think that was really the beginning of being like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. So I was always stopping and still even now. Um, it never know, gets have, old, right? It never yeah, gets old. We, ha we, have a really, uh, we have a really beautiful, amazing garden, which is kind of part of our story and our inspiration here. And Vincent, um, he really loves that and, you know, takes care of that. And so, but all the time I'm like, what is this? You know, what is it that smells so good? You know, yeah. and I love, um, I like that, you know, Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, can you remember your first perfume? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, my mom wore Shalimar for years when I was a yeah. really very young. And I remember I loved being around her when she was wearing it and when she would spray it. Um, and I can remember even, you know, um, secretly trying it sure, and my sure. dad, my dad smelling it on me and saying, no, 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 you know, you're not allowed to wear that. That's your mom's. So <laughs> when, when I was about, um, maybe 14 or 15, um, my mom gave me Lulu, the perfume, oh, yes, yes, Gale, yes. and I did wear that for several years. I really loved that. But, you know, looking back, I think it's more the packaging. I think that I, because <laughs> it was really cool. Um, yeah. Yes. you know the blue turquoise yes um, yes i liked a, um, a sister scent to that that was my first one was anais anais Yes. Which from Cachero, yes. that was yes. just, that yes. was my first perfume. So oh, I, I, you know, I actually smelled that again recently. It's, did you? Yeah, I did. It brought me back so, so many memories. I'm, you know, I'm trying to find time. that here locally. Nobody's yeah. really carrying it in the stores anymore. I think I'm going to have to order a, a bottle a online just, bottle, to, yeah. <laughs> just to get back to that, uh, that scent memory. Um, but are there any other particular smells? I'm just trying to think when you were growing up that um, that were really pronounced for you. Anything that, that comes to mind other than maybe the sea that we just talked about or the perfume? Well, the, you know, one of the things, um, so we, you know, my parents had a garden also and uh -huh. they grew, so they always grew lots of fruits and vegetables that were, you know, native to our climate. And so what we had a lot of apple trees Oh, so did we growing up. I grew yeah. up in Germany. I grew up in Germany. So we also okay. had a lot of apple trees. Interesting. And so we so we used to um, you know, so one of my kind of scent memories, and I love the scent, I love the smell of apples, but I love the smell, you know, we used to store them because we had so many, we would store them in box, we'd wrap them up and store them in boxes and you know, we would keep them. And so that kind of smell of aging apples. Yes. Yes. Smell. Um, and you know, and whenever I smell it, it it reminds me of of my home growing oh, up. No, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, that's a that's a lovely smell. So let's talk about smelling. And actually, and, oh yeah, actually, you know, when when I was pregnant um, with my son, um, so you know, because apples, although I love the smell, they're not one of my favorite fruits. Okay, oh. but when I when I was uh, pregnant with my son. Um, it was, and I was living, I was here in France. So in a completely different world, the thing that I craved throughout the entire pregnancy was apples. Oh. And I, and I, in every form, I cooked them every day and I ate <laughs> apples for nine months. Um, and I, you know, I didn't, you know, it wasn't until years later and I, that I wondered, that I wondered maybe, 
um, you know, it was, a, you know, the sense of connecting to home and my childhood that made me unconsciously want to eat them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, could be. You, you never know. I mean, we have a lot of uh, neurological things going on, too, when we're pregnant, right? <laughs> yes. So who knows? Who knows? So let's talk about smelling and our sense of smell. So when I say your sense of smell, what comes to mind for you? Well, to me, it's curiosity. Yeah. Being curious. Uh, you know, I feel like that's, if I've ended up where I am today, you know, having, you know, created fragrances, for example, yes. um, it, it's because of this curiosity. I'm, uh, you know, I love nature. I love, you know, the beauty of the world around us. And I'm, and I'm just naturally curious about it. So I think it's curiosity, I, you know, when I don't know, when I can smell something that impacts me, I want to know what is this. And, you know, yes. so, so very that- good. Very good. Yeah. Um, and how does smelling make you feel? Does it make you feel a certain way? Well, you know, I mean, I feel like smelling makes me feel alive because it's such a part of life. It's yeah. present everything, you know, it's present when you're in the kitchen, it's present when you're outside, it's present when you're with people, right. you know, it's always there. Um, I think it also makes me feel you know, it, it sort of touches your emotions, you know, it brings emotion, it brings feelings, it brings reactions. It's true. You know? It's true. It's very visceral. It's very subconscious too, right? I mean, it's just, you, you can react before you even see something or you hear something. Typically you smell it first. I yeah. love that where you, you could smell a flower that's not even within your purview, but you turn the corner and there it is. That's right. Yeah. And I would imagine in Grasse, that's the case a lot of times. Oh so yes. <laughs> tell yes. me about living in the capital of, of perfume and fragrance. So what's it like to live in Grasse in this beautiful part of the world that I wish everyone could get to? It, you know, it's, it's really beautiful. I mean, because of the climate and because of the plants that grow here and they really just thrive. I mean, when we first arrived here, um, you know, we planted this big garden um, and we, Vincent wanted to plant, my husband, um, you know, na native plants. So, yes. you know, um, native plants that didn't need, you know, that don't need water, that thrive in an arid climate. Um, and it's just really amazing to kind of, to see that. So, uh, you know, we have um, lots of citrus fruit. Okay. Um, okay. in our garden so lots of lemons and um different kinds of oranges different kinds oh. of lemons um you know so that's I mean I love that because I, I you know I didn't grow up with that and it's right right um you know it's beautiful um and then you know the you know another thing that I really love here is the jasmine oh yeah so because there's a lot of jasmine it really grows everywhere all over everything and it's all over all um, different kinds there... all over and different kinds and they flower at different times ah. so we've got about four four different kinds of jasmine in our garden and 
you know, there was one that was flowering all throughout the month of April, and then it's not flowering anymore. But there's another one that's flowering now. Oh, how lucky! You know, and they all and they grow. You know, it grows all over, kind of walls and everything. You know, it's everywhere, and so yeah. you can just. It's so lovely. The scent is amazing, and it's literally. I mean, it stops you in your tracks if you've never smelled it before. Because I didn't grow up with it; I had never smelled it before, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh what is that and I love seeing people when people come and visit you know yeah. and I see them and I, and I know exactly what they're going to ask me because they'll be like oh my gosh you know what what is this yeah. and there's so there's so many plants like that here you know that are just part of the environment they're growing all over the place and they're very scented and uh, yeah amazing and then you know there's like um we also have lots of um you know all the aromatics for you know like cooking you know yes, so I love, all the herbs so I love going into the garden when I'm cooking and you know we've got rosemary and thyme and you know we've got curry and <laughs> sage and um wow. so yeah it's really it's lovely and then the lavender right <laughs> and the red lavender so they're flowering right now the lavender's flowering not the lavender yet but the lavender's okay. flowering already yeah oh wonderful it's lovely so many plants it's very nice so if you were to walk down your street mm -hmm. just imagine do most of your neighbors or the people who are from grass not visitors but just you know the locals do they pretty much all have different aromatic plants in their home? Is it just part of life in grass to have aromatic plants in particular? Well, yeah, because it, they, they grow here. So when you're walking around, you know, you see roses growing all <laughs> over the place. Really, you do. You see jasmine growing all over the place. You know, there's the pittosporum, which okay. smells. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's all over the place. Um, so, yeah, you, you do. You see... I think it's just because it thrives here and so you know it's just everywhere oh. really. it's lovely and you know and then the town it celebrates all of this you know because it's part of the, it's part of the culture and the heritage right so you know there's a rose festival every year here okay. in May there's a jasmine festival um in August um, so, part, you know, so it's also kind of part of the the culture, the way the of life. There. Of yeah. Yes. And I think because I mean, I'm because I'm not from here, I'm really sensitive to all of that because I was so curious about learning about it all because I wanted to know. Um, so, it, you know, it really impacts me a lot, but mm. you can't you know, you can't come here to not sort of see all of that. <laughs> and live it and experience yeah. it and be it, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just becomes a part of you. That sounds so wonderful. How wonderful that you live there. So let's talk about your wonderful endeavor, Parfums de Vie. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes, Parfums de Vie. Yes. <laughs> Parfums de Vie. Let's yeah. Correctly, Parfums de Vie. <laughs> um, so tell the listeners what it is what made you decide to create this program because it's just so incredible please do tell me about that well so parfum de vie it means fragrance of life uh -huh. and it's um a non-profit organization that my husband and i started in 2008 and you know one of the things that's really interesting to me is that on the one hand we live in this 
magnificently beautiful place. It's, you know, it's a it's a medieval village perched on a mountain top. I mean, it's it's really stunning to look at. You know, there's all these amazing plants, you know, there's this whole culture of perfume. Yes. Um, you know, Dior has their their flower fields and Chanel, and you know, it's all very lovely. Yeah. Um, but there is you don't have to scratch very much the surface to discover that there's also a lot of poverty oh. and really a lot of poverty. And so there's a lot of children who are living in very difficult, very difficult circumstances, very, you know, very cramped, um, terrible housing circumstances. And, um, and, you know, and then there's issues of exclusion um, because uh, a lot of the poverty um, is people coming from immig immigrant backgrounds. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we saw this, you know, this terrible poverty and these kids who are, you know, vulnerable and, um, you know, what happens with kids if nobody's able to help them? Yeah. Um, you know, they end up in delinquency situations sure. quite often. And, and so we, we, you know, we created our organization to really help these kids to, you know, to provide hopeful solutions to the poverty, um, you know, to, so we help them with schoolwork. We have an education center, which is open every day and kids okay. come after school. Um, we have kids who come all day on Wednesday because they don't have school, elementary kids ah. um, on Saturdays for we have youth groups. We do camps during the school vacations. We take them away, you know, into the mountains, into nature. Very good. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so really just to, you know, providing, um, you know, a, a opportunities and education and a safe place for kids because, um, you know, they're the kids we work with are in really, you know, difficult circumstances. Um, so, so is this a, this is free for them, right? After school, they can just go there and. So, so it's, I mean, we, kids sign up um, for the year and we, um, we, you know, one of the things that we've learned, we've been doing this for a long time now, since 2008 and people value what they pay for. And so um, it costs, um, 20 euros a month and they only pay for the 10 months of the school year okay and um which is one euro a day it's basically one euro per school day for the school you know for the year so yeah. and and you know that 20 euros a month for the families we work with is a, a massive amount of money and it's a really big commitment but what we've seen is that to you know to help kids to thrive um you know they need to, you know, they need to learn discipline. They, you know, they need to figure out how to work hard. And so if, if they have a parent who has said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay something, you know, they make their kids come. No, it's <laughs> they true. There's come. a level of commitment. Yeah. You know, when we ask them, cause we, you know, one of the struggles um, with kids from disadvantaged backgrounds is that a lot of time in school, in public school, there's no expectation of them. Yeah. So the bar is really low and, it, you know, they kind of feel like nobody cares. And so we have a really high bar. You know, we teach them how to 
you know, how to work hard. And so we get, you know, we give them extra school work and we, you know, we give them, uh, you know, we have a, we've got a team of volunteers, we have a math and science teacher. Um, and so, um, you know, it's amazing to see them really respond to that, you know, and if when you give kids, um, you know, a structure. Yeah, safe place, you give them structure, you give them support, you show them, you know, we believe that you're capable, you are capable. Um, and so the 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 20 euros per month that the families are paying, it's really um obviously it's not at all covering the costs, but yeah. it it's it's a commitment from them and it really helps the kids when they have a parent that's saying yes, you yeah. need to keep going. <laughs> No, that's, that's great. That's great. And I think one of the things you do with the children also is teach them about aromatic plants and have them smell things. Is that correct? Yes. You know, and that's just a natural part of life, you know, because we teach the kids about everything really under the sun, you know? Right. Um, so we teach them about hygiene, you know, we teach them about, you know, how how to behave in certain situations. You know, we teach them about food and nutrition. Ah. Um, we teach, because a lot of times, um, a lot of the families that we work with, um, they are always eating the same thing every day and it's not varied at all yeah, and they, yeah. you know they, they don't have opportunities to taste other things and experience other foods so you know that's a part of what we do is teaching them about you know food and cooking and tasting things and so you know smell and scent and plants and flowers is all just a, a natural part of that part. Yeah. just a part of that and so you know we we often take them hiking and so one of the things we do when we're hiking, you know, obviously kids, they love to build a campfire. And yeah. one of the things that we love to do is to look for some time in the mountains and then to make infusions that they oh, can, I love it. you know, um, and, you know, when different seasons, you know, we've, you know, we pick chestnuts and roast them in the fireplace, um, you know, cherries when it's cherry season, yeah. um, you know, I mean, honestly, we even, we do things like we could be in nature, you know, either at a camp or a day, a hiking day, and we're in an amazing field in the middle of nowhere or, you know, on a, and we'll just say to the kids, okay, you know, let's just lay down and close our eyes and, you know, we might call it a guided meditation, but obviously we don't say that to the kids. We're just like, okay, you know, right. what, what are you smelling? What can you smell? You know, what does that feel like? What are you eating? You know, what, how is this making you feel? And it's amazing to do this kind of work with kids because, you know, they're unafraid. They don't have filters. They don't, yes. you know, they just, and they have very just natural responses um I think they do because you make them feel comfortable I have to say I imagine that they have barriers yeah walking around but it's 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 you and your the way you approach it I think it really it, it I guess it takes down their guard yeah I mean, tell me but um and that they feel uninhibited and they're just they feel relaxed and so they can take in the smells they can take in the experiences and um, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I think you, it's you that's that's creating that atmosphere of of calm and and security for them. <laughs> She's nodding. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I also 
think what's great is that you're actually providing all of those children with an opportunity to connect with their sense of smell and to create scent memories for themselves. I'm sure in the future, when they get older, those experiences they're having with you now, they can draw upon those experiences in the future to help calm them down, to remind them that they're in a, in a space of safety and security and calmness if they're not in the future yes yeah no definitely and you know that's one of all many of the children that we work with you know have suffered many different types of trauma and so you know um you know all of the ways that we can help them to connect with themselves and connect with their emotions is really helpful and just recently we were able to take them to the the rose santifolia harvest and so it's been great because throughout the month of May, they were able to smell the roses in their hands just in our education center, but also they actually went to the fields. And it's amazing to see them literally, you know, they get so quiet, oh. you know, just so quiet as they smell. And um, it's amazing to see because even kids who have a hard time maybe being calm and quiet, when, when you do things like that, just naturally it, you know, without saying, okay, we need to be well-behaved and quiet, you know, <laughs> you, know you don't even need to say that because just that experience of going and, you know, touching and smelling everyone, you know, it just makes them so calm and quiet. And it's so, it really is amazing to listen to the things that they say, what it makes them feel, you know, and yeah. even work, you know, they say things like comfort and they say, you know, um, so, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. What do you think the children have taught you the most? Oh, gosh, many, many, many things. <laughs> patience, <laughs> think, patience, maybe. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, patience, you know, like the, um, you know, always um, kind of, you know, it's challenging. It's obviously challenging work to work with kids. Um, and so, you know, allowing yourself to kind of, Keep being challenged and grow you know when you lose your patience to be like okay <laughs> what is it that about a zen moment <laughs> um so but you know i think also like kids are resilient um kids are strong um kids can overcome and you know in, in all these years that we've been working with these families it's really it's amazing to see the obstacles that they overcome and um, you know, the, the accomplishments, um, because, you know, when you grow up in a, in a safe place with, you know, you know, uh, easy circumstances, um, maybe learning to read and doing well in school is kind of a given, yeah. but for a lot of these kids, you know, that's not the stories that they've had. And so, um, you know, overcoming so much, even just to get to school and, you know, cause they're, they're carrying burdens. Yeah. That that we feel we don't want kids to be carrying yeah. and, you know and I think it's it's hard to walk through circumstances like that with kids and that's one of the things that I realized you know like I can't change their circumstances but I can walk alongside them I can give them tools to learn to thrive through it and like you see you know that they're gonna you know they're able to eventually make different choices that can set them free you know if they can get an education you know if they can learn to form healthy relationships um you know they can they can become free of a lot of the hardship that they're experiencing 
Um, so, you know, I think just to see the strength that kids have, it really impacts me a lot. Yeah. yeah their resilience. It's amazing. And, you know, just by helping the kids too, you're actually helping the parents in a way. Knowing that the kids are okay and they're taken care of, I think takes a little bit of the burden off of the parents as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we do, we kind of, it's, you know, in some, in some ways it's kind of like co-parenting because we are, you know, we're talking, with, we're talking with the parents all the time. And a lot of the families we're working with, you know, the, I mean, there's a lot of, of broken families. There's a lot of, um, I mean, I mean, all kinds of difficulties and struggles, but also, you know, there's literacy problems. Um, so a lot of times the parents uh, can help their kids um, yeah. because, because they can understand. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, you know, that's a big barrier for kids learning to read and just get, is getting established with the basics. And so, you know, a lot of the families just, it's, yeah, it's a relief for them to know their kids can can get some extra support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this program, you have two ways people can support this program. And I want our listeners to know about that because anybody can support you and support this program, which I highly recommend. And the first way is if you're interested in coming to Grasse, they can stay at your lovely chateau, right? Yes, yes. So we, we have... Um, uh, it's called Villa des Parfums, okay. um, and actually, it's a historic perfumer's mansion that oh. was built in the 1800s, and it's very amazing. It's an amazing property. There's amazing views. Um, there's an amazing garden. Um, there's a beautiful pool, and um, it's it's really lovely. So yeah, so people can come and stay. And oh, by the way, I'll put the the a link to okay. the property and and, and yes, the opportunity yes. to stay there i mean the beautiful yes. pictures i mean it's just incredible you have to check it out <laughs> i'll put that in the yes. show notes definitely yeah, it's really lovely so yes coming and staying here um obviously helps us because it helps it helps us a lot <laughs> um, and then also um yes we have a, a perfume line yes let's talk about that let's talk about your perfume line it's wonderful i just got my samples they're gorgeous Tell oh, me about so your perfume line. Yeah, well, so, you know, the, as our work in the community has grown and, um, you know, a few years ago, I started to think, oh, my gosh, we need we need another idea to help fund <laughs> the work that we're doing here. Um, but, I, you know, I didn't really know. I didn't really have an idea. You know, I mean, I'm an educator. This is really our kind of passion what we're doing you know the work in the community with all these kids and their families and so um but yeah one day I just thought about perfume it's all <laughs> around me it's here and, and I thought I wonder I wonder if we could do that and so I started asking the question and then I started meeting people and figuring out how could we actually do this so we created our brand it's called Villa des Parfums like her house Mm -hmm. And um, we have two fragrances and the, you know, and the, I, I mean, really what I wanted to create was just all of this beauty that has impacted me so much 
um, through living here, all of these, I mean, beautiful florals that are all around in the air so much of the time. I, you know, I wanted to somehow help other people to experience that. Um, and, and, but also I wanted to tell the story of these kids um, and that, you know, you know, there's kids who are struggling, but there's also hope for these kids. Their lives can be impacted and changed, turned around. And so, so that's, so yeah, we created two fragrances. One is called Etoile Celeste. Uh-huh. And Etoile Celeste means heavenly star. And um, so, yeah, so, uh, and then the other one is called Toujours Espoir, which means always hope. I think that these two uh, perfumes there, I immediately feel like I'm in grass. I feel the connection to the story you're trying to tell through them. I'm just, I've got one of the scents on each wrist at the moment, just smelling them as we, as we talk. And um, as you tell your stories, you tell me about the children who you work with, as you talk about what you said in your blog with with the rose itself and, and, and the, the hardship and then the beauty. I think it all comes through in both of these, these fragrances. And I think there's something for each person, you know, and it's, and I don't even say just women. I think men can experience this just as beautifully as women. We like to, you know, compartmentalize into genders, but I think anyone can connect with the beauty of grass with the beauty of these um, roses, jasmine, I think you said you had in there. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and orange blossom even, and, and much more. So um, I'll, I'll put information in the show notes about um, how to you know, learn more about these scents. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I think you have pretty good distribution. I know he, I got mine through locally yes. here in San Francisco. So I think you have pretty good distribution. So hopefully people listening anywhere in the world, they can connect and proceeds from the perfumes go back into these programs, which yes. is so wonderful. Yes. So not only are you wearing grass <laughs> on your body every day, you're connecting and you're helping the children at the same time. So I think it's just a, a wonderful, a wonderful thing you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. <laughs> They're really beautiful. All right. So to conclude, I just want to ask, I ask my guests these questions every time I gave you the questions ahead of time. So um, I want to ask you three questions. Uh, the first one being, what's your favorite smell right now? Okay, so right now my favorite smell is actually um, rhubarb, my love, the fragrance by Christophe Lodamier, uh, who you mentioned at the beginning. And you know, it's really interesting because um, I got this sample about a year ago and I've smelled it, you know, a couple of times over the last year, but the last week or two, I have been feeling very um, homesick for Scotland, you know, because of COVID and, you know, travel is complicated and, you know, so I can't see my parents, they can't travel. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I want to smell, um, I want to smell this again because I hadn't smelled it for a long time, this rhubarb, my love, and I can't stop wearing it. It's so <laughs> lovely. Yeah. It's a beautiful scent, and but it reminds me of home. 
I don't really know why. I mean, <laughs> we did always, you know, my parents brewed rhubarb and we always, my grandmother always baked rhubarb, everything. Um, so it's just, it's a beautiful scent. So I, Christoph has a special skill for bringing out scent memories because there's another one in his line called Everlasting. I don't know if you've smelled that one. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't specifically talk about tobacco or anything in that one, but okay. there's, to me, it reminds me of my uncle's pipe smoke, like wow. the, the tobacco, you mm -hmm. know, the really pure, the tobacco leaves, mm -hmm. not the, the, the smoke itself, but the tobacco yeah. leaves. And so it brought back that memory for me too. Wow. So it's nice that he brought yeah. that memory back for you. And it's not necessarily that it has to be the exact ingredient, you know, the fig or no, anything. It's just the, some feeling, feeling. yes. Yeah feeling yeah no no that's wonderful that's great um do you have a favorite scent memory you can recall other than that one well, <laughs> well i mean i one a, a very early childhood memory is of being um with my parents and my brother um on vacation in portugal and we went to um like um an orchard, I don't know if that's what you call it, but it was like a citrus fruits orchard. Yeah. And we got to pick them. And I remember this so strongly. And I think again, because I had, I'm sure I had probably never smelled a lemon before. I mean, I was yeah. only about five years old, um, but I really remember that whole thing and the scent. And I really love, I mean, it's one of my favorite things and yeah. I love that we have citrus fruit here in our garden because uh, I'm just obsessed with it I mean between <laughs> the leaves and yeah. the 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 flowers when it's floating oh, and that, I have them here in our backyard too in California they're everywhere and it's there's nothing better than the flowers the, the oh my gosh the orange so, blossoms and the, beautiful yeah. so I yeah that's for me that's definitely a very powerful memory wonderful wonderful and then the last question, what would you say are five smells that best describe you? Uh, um, <laughs> Was this hard? Yeah, they, I think, well, I don't know, because I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, okay, these are maybe my favorite smells. I don't know if they really describe me. <laughs> but um, So, well, obviously I mentioned citrus because I really love that. Yeah. Um, and I'm... I mean, my favorite scent in my garden is the jasmine. I love it. It's my favorite. Okay. Um, so I don't know that it describes me in any way, but I. But you have I a connection that. to that smell. So. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, and then another scent, or uh, it's not really a scent. It's more a, a feeling. I don't know, but I love the rain. Oh, the scent. It, you know, I love the way the air smells after the rain. Um, because everything smells completely different. Yeah. And I really notice it here um, because it's dry a lot. Yes. You know, so whereas in Scotland, it's wet a lot. <laughs> so here I really notice it. So I love that this, the smell of the rain and there are lots of rain smells. You know, I like it when it rains, when it's hot, but I like it also when it rains, when it's cold. Yes, so it's different. I like You're that. right. That's maybe my Scottish smell. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that would be my, I don't know if I've got five. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I love, I mean, I love the lavender, you know, I love the roses, but I, you know, I don't know. Any herbs, any herbs that 
Uh, I really, yeah, I really, I love rosemary. Yes, I really love. And what? So, one of the things I love to do, you know, because we have a lot of flowers, we've got a lot of roses, and I always, you know, every week I try and make a wee bouquet from the flowers of our garden. And so, one of the things that I love to put as greenery with the roses is the rosemary. Oh yeah, why not? It looks really pretty, but also it kind of makes this amazing scent. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I like that. Why not mix it up? Why make just yeah. a standard flower bouquet if you can add yeah. some herbs and even lavender at the time when it's time yes, to pick that? Yes, yeah. lavender is nice cool. in it too. Yeah. So thank you so much for those. Um, lastly, can you just tell our listeners where they can uh, connect with you on social media, on Instagram? She has a wonderful <laughs> um, Instagram account. So I highly recommend checking that out. But what, what's the name of it? Could you let? Yes, it's Villa des Parfums. Okay, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Villa des Parfums on Instagram. And we also have a Parfum de Vie Instagram, but we're most active on the Villa des Parfums. Okay. Um, all right, wonderful. And then I'll put in the show notes the link to your website so people can connect with your blog, with your <laughs> with the um, chateau in case they want to stay there with the perfumes, with all of it. Because I, I and, and the program, most importantly, people can really read more about the program. So thank you so much for talking with me today, Nicole. It oh, was a pleasure you. to have it you. It was lovely to thank you. It was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, wasn't that inspiring? I told you so. Go and check out those two fragrances from Villa de Parfum and buy yourself a bottle. The link is in the show notes. Let it transport you to Grasse, and at the same time, you'll be supporting those children in need. How great is that? So what can we take away from that conversation? What can we apply in our own life? Well, to me, there are a few things. For one, we can do our part to encourage children to connect more with nature and with aromatic plants. How many children are in an urban environment and unable to fully experience nature? Or maybe they have a local park in their city, but nobody's connecting them with the plants and the trees, these beautiful resources from nature that are so beneficial to us. What children do you know that could benefit from a trip to the park or a hike in the woods? Heck, even a scent walk in their local neighborhood. Encourage them to experience nature, feel things, see the colors. And of course, smell the beautiful scents. Because when they make that connection with nature, did you notice how Nicole said the children became calm? When they were in those rose fields, they became quiet. They were comforted by the beauty, by the scent. And just for a moment, their worries were gone. Smelling those roses helped them connect with themselves and with their emotions. I imagine when those children smell a rose centifolia at some point later in their life, They'll tap into that scent memory of being in the rose fields of grass, back in that moment with not a care in the world, just for that moment. Nature scents are amazing, as I think you'd agree. And using your sense of smell to support your well-being is such a powerful tool to have at your disposal. So I hope Nicole has inspired you to help those who could use a little joy in their life by connecting them with scents. Maybe it's you, yourself, that needs a little lift that nature's aromatic plants can readily supply. I want you to remember that rose. 
the climate conditions for it to grow in grass provide the perfect amount of hardship and suffering to the plant. Never harsh enough to destroy it, but so challenging and stressful that the plant is pushed to the extreme. And it's this hardship and fight for survival that's required to produce the most fragrant, beautiful, scent-filled roses. So from hardship, you can produce something beautiful. All right, with that said, I'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. Send me a voicemail. Let me know your thoughts. It's really easy to do. Just go to the link right in the show notes, which will take you to where you can leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. And also in the show notes, you can find all the information about where to get in touch with Nicole. You can find out more about her program and how you can support it, as well as where to follow her on social media. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.